time for my solo? You're saying, wait a minute. It could be. Good to see everyone this morning. God bless you. Welcome here. If you're watching on our simulcast, whether you're in Asheville or Wilmington, either the whole length of the state or around the world, we welcome you this morning. Going to look at a wonderful passage today found in the book of 1 Kings dealing with Elijah. In today's passage, it's going to deal with a particular sin that um, you may find offensive. It's okay. Yell at God, right? But I want to tell you something. It will challenge you to the core of your belief system because it has to do with the sin of indecision. Elijah is going to ask today to a group of people living in their politically correct world, why are you just staying in this one path of indecision? When I say politically correct, I don't mean that in, in the most offensive way that some might take it. But what we believe biblically is biblical correctness is on top of everything. Biblical correctness. Let me just say right off the bat that we believe that God gave us freedom. He gave us freedom to choose. And if a person in our nation wants to choose to be an atheist, they can. They want to choose to be in some other kind of religion, they can. But we have freedom in our nation. We also believe in our church that God made one race called people. And God doesn't differentiate between pigment of skin or how much or how little you have or where you're from. He loved the entire world. So we're blessed today to say we're biblically correct. But I want to talk a little bit about indecisiveness. It's kind of like when Bubba was running for mayor. There was one reporter that particularly did not like him and wanted to get him in trouble. So she did some interviewing of his friends. And when she came to Bubba's platform, when the other reporters were there, she said, Bubba, some of your friends are for building that new courthouse that cost $2 million. And there's a whole group of your friends that really want to build that $2 million courthouse. Bubba, but there's another whole group of your friends that don't want to spend that money and build that courthouse. Bubba, tell me, what are you for, Bubba? I'm for my friends. (laughs) The sin of indecision. I'm for both groups. You don't have that, well, privilege or right or opportunity as a believer. The sin of indecision. And we're going to look at that today in 1 Kings 18, Elijah, one man and his God. And today as we look at that, we're going to highlight some very significant things. It says in verse 21, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? Part of the problem that exists in our world is people think they can hold contrasting views and think it's okay. Let me just say and submit to you today with all due respect to whatever you believe. Biblically, the God of the Bible, Jehovah God, as revealed in Father, Son, and Spirit, says there's one way to heaven. It's not man's way. What, diff- what Biblical Christianity differs from every other worldview, even, dear friend, your subjective worldview. Because if you're finding some way to earn favor with God through whatever system it is, if I'm good enough, I'll make it to heaven. If I do this religion or if I believe the way I believe, I'll be okay. If it disagrees with God's way, you're in major trouble forever. 
God loved you. He died on the cross for your sins he's, because he's the only one that could do it. Why else would Jesus come? The Bible tells us why. Because he loved you, friend, and he's saying to you today, if you're hearing it for the first time or the thousandth time, I loved you. I took your penalty on the cross when I bled and died for your sins and I came out of the tomb three days later. And I'm God. I'm the one who pays for sin. You only get into heaven my way by my grace. Undeserved mercy. Then you serve God out of gratefulness and thankfulness, not to be saved, but because you are. But let me get back here. How long will you waver between two opinions? Many people in our world waver between those opinions. Well, everybody's kind of, you know, you believe that, you're right. You believe that, are you sincere, you're right. We're going to look at sincerity today. We're going to take a good look at it. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people... Shows that people don't change, do they? But the people said what? Say it out loud. Nothing. Bring up the next slide. The people said nothing. How long will you waver between two opinions? The sin of indecisiveness. Let me paint the scene for you. You have a battle of the gods on Mount Carmel. Streaming up one side are no doubt thousands of people that have been the victims of this drought by their unbelief, by their sinfulness, worshiping the God of Moloch, and giving babies to these altars to be killed and burned on these fires. I'm sorry to be graphic, but it's ugly. They kill babies. And much the way today, we haven't gotten much better, have we? We've gotten worse. Millions of them killed today. There's a sin of indecisiveness. Even among many evangelicals today, I'm just kind of, well, I'm not sure. Well, you need to get sure and decide that life is more important than birth control, simply taking a life. And I know that's offensive. I'm sorry. I know I'm not. It's true. That's a baby. We're here today even to stand in a line out front on Battleground Avenue, not to be ugly, to hold it in silence and pray for people. And we've seen there's people in this room right now that could have been aborted that serve in different capacities throughout our city. Let me go on. All these thousands of people are streaming up this mountain. Then you have 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah dressed in their fancy, colorful clothing, streaming up there around each neck a piece of shiny metal to reflect their god, Baal. He is the chief god in the pantheon of the Baal gods. He is the one. He is the guy that they... Even when lightning would flash, they would say, it is Baal, it is Baal. The God of the sun, the God of fire and lightning and heaven, the skies. And then you have Ahab and all of his regalia coming up, all of his kingly wardrobe, everything about him with his entourage coming up. It was a spectacle and it looked like, wow. With this many people, this many prophets and priests saying they're right, when the king's supporting it, the government's supporting it, all the people in it, wow, look on this side. Wonder what's going to happen for Jehovah worship on the other side. And there stands a lonely man. There's no fancy garment. He's dressed in something like a nomad. Eyes of steel looking out there. Him against the whole thing. And it looked like on that day, somebody wasn't going to do too well, doesn't it? Because you know how the world is. Can this many people be wrong? Dear friend, 
More people in our world believe in a subjective religion because they've rationalized their mind. Well, can this many people be wrong in that religion and that religion? Therefore, I'll have my own belief. Dear friend, listen carefully. You don't have to have a mathematical mind to understand truth stands on its own. It doesn't need numerics to back it up. God's truth stands, period. And there was one person that day that stood on God's truth. How long are you going to waver between two opinions? There's going to be a point of decisions. And Jehovah and other gods don't mix. Listen carefully. The true God of the universe doesn't have to mix with other gods to get worship. If only one, people, one person worship him, he's going to stay with truth all the time because he is truth. Bring up the next slide. Now, as we look at it, we find Elijah says to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets, also 400 prophets of Asherah. Get two bulls for us. Let them choose one for themselves. Let them cut it into pieces, put it on the wood, but not set it on fire. I will prepare the other bull, put it on the wood, but not set it on fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I'll call the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire he is God. Then all the people said, it's idiomatic. What you say is good. What it means is, that's to our advantage. We have the lightning God, the fire God, the sun God. If they, they could do anything, if there's something that a lightning God can do and a sun God can do and a fire God can do, it's make fire. So yes, yeah, to our advantage. That's a great idea, Elijah. Sucker, we're going to get this thing done. We're going to win this thing. You see, Baal was the chief de- deity in the Canaanite pantheon. And all the people said, man, we're so for this thing. We're so for this. So we see what happens. He's got everybody on board, and he is very much in the minority. So we see a big, big question that's come up. It's a question posed to me and to you. How long will you live in the sin of indecisiveness? The sin of indecisiveness when it comes to who you will worship? Pastor, I'm here. I worship God. No, I'm talking about who you really worship. What your journal says, what your checkbook says, what your debit account says. There's people indecisive regarding what they will give financially. They're indecisive. In fact, they decide I'm not going to. There's people indecisive whether they will come weekly, whether they'll get involved in service, whether they'll be a witness, whether they'll wake up and look in God's word. There's a lot of indecisiveness. We don't want to own it, but I'm telling you, I'm talking to believers today. We can't be indecisive about that. They're indecisive about, well, when it, what is life? What is that about? You can't be indecisive. You don't have that privilege and right to be indecisive as a believer because we're supposed to be a witness. You don't have a decision with that either except one right decision. Will you be light and salt? Will you be out there in this world doing it? The sin of indecisive, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can join this church or that church. If you're one of our guests today or watching today and looking for a church home, let me urge you, if not here, find a Bible-believing church and join it and be part of it. Well, that's old-timey thought, Pastor. See, I can worship God wherever I am in the woods or whatever that is. I know you can. I hope you do. But God says, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves because there's strength in community. There's accountability, and we pool our resources Bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse so we can do things beyond ourselves, bigger than any one person. So it's important. 
Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls, prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took a bull given them and prepared it. They called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. That must You think there's a repetition of some worship songs? <laughs> like some people could think, right? But this was, that's a lot. See, you got something right there. That's, put that in. Now, oh, Baal, answer us, they shouted. How many times do you hear that? Like having a toddler that's in the store asking mom for some gum or some candy in the checkout line. Can I have some candy? Can I have some candy? Can I have some candy? I'll give you in a minute. Don't say it again. Can I have some candy? Can I? Finally, you say, that parent needs a spanking, right? <laughs> Just tell them, no, you can't have that. But there was no response. No one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. Hmm. Oh, Baal, answer us. Can I ask you something? How can just a statue of some kind of a fake God answer you? Why do the nations say, it says in Psalm 115, 2 through 8, we're just going to read this quickly. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. But their idols, and there are all kinds of idols. Let me just pick up a very modern day one right here. You laugh, right? That's a, so cliched, Pastor, calling it a, an idol. Watch this. Do a phone fast tomorrow. Leave your phone at home. What will happen <laughs> if I do that? Well, or what if my son or daughter want to get a hold of me or something happens? Can I tell you something? All of history, except for the last few years, made it. <laughs> There's seven and a half billion people on the earth. We're so connected that we free. Now, hear me say, another stupid, backward believer, you're against technology. I'm not against technology. I'm not even against this. I'm saying there's people that are addicted to this. And if you're addicted to it, it's your God. That's the truth. It's your God. And there's more sinful garbage you can look at on there. And even if you're not, there's gaming. They say the, the gaming industry is so large, it draws more people than the Super Bowl, the World Series, and a few other things combined. It's crazy. But don't, don't talk about my phone today. <laughs> I guarantee you, I'm going to just say it in life. No one leaving the house without their Bibles freaking out. Well, Pastor, that's how stupid you are because I've got, I've got the passages on here. Are you looking at it? If you're reading that, just tell me. If you can spend it, even have a devotion, I'm, that's great. I think it's good for that. I've used that. I've been placed uh, easier just to carry out and use that. But I submit to you, we're so connected that we don't freak out and we don't spend time with God or doing what we need to do. But I'll tell you this morning, lots of things can become a God. Go back to the passage. But their idols are gold and silver made by the hands of men. Or in Cupertino. But their mouths, and they, they have mouths, they cannot speak, eyes, they cannot see, they have ears, they cannot hear, noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, they cannot feel, feet, and they cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. 
Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Now, since that's been done, we do have ears where they can hear. Alexa, put on some nice, relaxing jazz. (laughs) Alexa, would you turn my lights off? Siri, how many people were alive in Yugoslavia in 1994 that read Life magazine? Whatever you want. We have, well, it's, it's a little God. We can hear. They've made it nice for us, and we can get it. It's, it let's face it. If someone would tell me you can't be addicted to it, I would tell you through secular sources, there are people who go to places to get out of the addiction of it. Addiction. How many people are losing their job because they go in so sleepy they've been up all night on it? But that's another whole thing. The sin of indecision. Yeah, pal, I'll listen to your message, but I'm not giving up my phone. I'm not doing that. I'm not telling you to give up your phone. I'm telling you there's some time today just needs to be off. Someone said to me when I, they said, you get many, you carry, you, you carry your cell phone with you. We were just talking about cell phones. Then I noticed it's, it's not on. I clicked it. I said, no. They said, well, what happened if someone needs you? You know what I said? I'd say the same thing to you. You're not that important. Because I said, so I, said about, I said, I'm not that important. Where well, I have to have a leash around me 24 hours a day. If someone needed to get me, what would happen if they didn't get me? Well, in the old days, they would call back. <laughs> what if the, your wife was at the mall and the mall blew up? Well, her texting me would, would stop the thing blowing up. Come on. Where's our trust in God? Where we have become it's it's almost crazy. It's an addiction. But it said they danced around the altar they had made. And there's people right in this room dancing around the altars we've all made. It may be our money, it may be our stuff, it may be our relationships, maybe our school, it may be I'm not doing this, maybe the altar of our own thought. I will do it my way. I'm more sophisticated than everybody else. I'm going to be different. And dear friend, let me tell you something. You're not different. You're a human being like Adam and Eve and like me and like these people. Because you're human. And people picked up their gods and did their things. They danced around and they were pretty sincere. Keep on going. It says in verse 27, at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. I thought he's supposed to be Jehovah worship, taunting people. What's wrong with him? Well, he'd been suffering for a few years now, hadn't he? He's been out there alone and been up in uh, Philistine area and all of that and, and Syrophoenicia and all of that. And finally, it's all coming to an end. And so they've been going. I'm sure his, his ears are just ringing. Uh, Baal, he is God. Baal, throw fire, whatever they're saying. So he taunts them. He says, shout louder. Maybe you're... The hearing aids in your bail, God, is this, they're dead, like they were in this thing last hour. Surely he's a God. Perhaps he's in deep thought. <laughs> or busy, another way of indisposed. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you bring your cell phone when you use the bathroom? <laughs> what if someone calls? I... What's that noise I hear in the background? (laughs) Right? 
I've been in public restrooms. I'm here. Say, where's that voice coming from? It's people talking on their cell phone. Is that a problem or not? Excuse me one minute. What do you have to do? Never mind. It's crazy. So we shout. Maybe Stephen thought, maybe he's indisposed or traveling. Can't bother me now. I'm traveling. Or maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. Now, he's really sticking it to him, isn't he? Have I ever, you ever done that, Pastor? Well, when I was in Arlington, Texas once, going to Arlington Memorial Hospital, go through the way of downtown, and all those lights downtown, there's no turn on, no right on red. Have I always listened to that? Is Officer Mayor here? Yes. <laughs> but not downtown. There's police all over downtown. So I'm at the right on red, and there's someone behind me, and they begin to let me know by using that device on there, their horn, that they would awaken me. I'm simply, I put my, open up, I'm going to put my hand up there and pointing to the right on red, right? Of which he began pointing at me. <laughs> but I don't go because it's right on red. There's police downtown. Bill knows about police. You, can, you can't do that. So finally the light changes and he was going to show me. We no sooner turn and he goes speeding around me. If you've ever watched football, you can read a coach's lips. <laughs> but there's something you don't need any sign language to read. So he was doing that again. He was going there telling me something that I could read. And he goes flying ahead. I make my turn. But lo and behold, the next light stops him. <laughs> and I just kind of pull right out. And you know, there's that kind of uncomfortable feeling people kind of have when they do something stupid like that. And I just look over, and I'm there, and he finally looks over, and I just said, Jesus loves you. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> that made him happy. <laughs> and so he returned Jesus loves you with, it seemed like he only knew one language far as I can tell. The light changes, and down there the lights are all in sequence. He's going fast enough to miss to go through the next light, which I'm caught at. But sure enough, after my light changes, I see the blue lights. I know it's pathetic I was happy, but I was. I, was. I see the blue lights, and I can see in front of that there's that guy. And as I drove by, mind you, slowly, I looked out my side window because he knew I was coming down that street. And I just said, Jesus loves you. <laughs> I taunted like Elijah, okay? Figured good enough for him, I'm going to deal with it and do that. He says, shout louder. How stupid. How stupid. So he has these guys going pretty good, right? He's taunting them and telling them, shout louder, maybe he's indisposed. Let's see what happens. It says, and this is what's funny. He's telling them they have to shout louder, so what do they do? We'll show him. Have you ever found sometimes the more people are wrong, the more resolute they are to remain ignorant? Have you ever seen that? The more they get 
projected into a certain position, they could not admit they're possibly wrong. They're more resolute the more, the, excuse me, they're more resolute the less successful they are. So here they are. They shout louder and they slash themselves with swords and spears. Just for those who may be guests, we don't have snakes, swords, or spears in here to pray. Just want you to know that. We're not handling the snakes, swords, spears. You don't have to, aren't you going to have to kill yourself and, and slash yourself? And it says, and that was their custom until blood flowed. Now, that's very specific. They weren't doing like little surface things until their blood flowed. There's a, this is a bloody mess out there. They have all these beautiful garments. Blood's flying all over the place. They're showing how, well, how to get their God's attention. Midday passed. By the way, midday when the sun's high in the sky. And if any God's a God of the sun, of fire and everything, they should, that God should be able to do something. Midday passed. And they continued their frantic prophesying until the time of the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Well, how about that? They shouted louder. They slashed themselves with swords and spears until blood flowed. Listen carefully. Everyone out there in a simulcast, everyone in this room, look at this. If sincerity could save a person, these people should have been saved. Weren't they sincere? Have you ever slashed and cut yourself when you've prayed on purpose? You may have been doing a driving with your eyes, but that's, that's your fault. But on purpose, if anyone should have been saved, they spend hours out there, they're slashing themselves with spears, swords, they're bleeding all over the place, they're yelling louder. But the object of misplaced faith, this is why I'm saying this today, The object of misplaced faith is worthless faith. You can be sincere in your faith. You may think you have got it down, but I submit to you, you'll not find any worldview religion that tells you what the Bible says, that you cannot save yourself, but God will save you. That God did it. It's a gift. You don't bring any good works to heaven and say, God, I did it. You don't go through another cycle of life until you get some things right, because that would be earning your salvation. Friend, you can't earn your salvation. Jesus Christ paid for your way to heaven. And if you reject that way, if you reject it, God won't send you to hell, friend, but you'll send yourself there because you've rejected something that's already been done for you. You've rejected it. Their misplaced faith was worthless faith. There's probably misplaced faith in this room. There's no doubt out there. Misplaced faith out there in a simulcast. If you have a misplaced faith, I don't doubt your sincerity. Sincerity doesn't equate truth, and truth stands on its own. Whether it's one person believing it, or if no one believes it, it'd still be true. Truth stands by itself, period, because it's true. Now, as we continue on, it says, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. They had their chance. And the God of fire, the God of the sun, the God of lightning, duh, didn't do it. Come near to me. They came near, and, and this is sad. So I'm going to ask you a question. Those in school, those in workplaces, those in our nation. Because I have a magazine here from 1939. It's 80 years old, right? It says on the front of this, there's a, there's a picture of the Statue of Liberty on it. And it has some words written on it because it's the story inside here. It says, America's future. 
Look back over 80 years. People read it that day. Looked at America's future. What happened? Do you think some of those people ever thought about some of the things that, well, like this? That there wouldn't be discipline in homes and schools anymore? Wouldn't be prayer in schools? That marriage would even be any kind of an issue? That gender would? That prayer in school would kind of just be banned. That life issues regarding babies would be an issue. That moral issues like abstinence and songs that mock and make fun of moral things, right things, biblical things. You think they'd think that? You think they'd think that there's going to be so much credit misuse that people would lose their house? You think they would think there'd be so many people addicted to substances that would have dysfunction throughout society? Do you think they thought that people would get addicted to things like this in computers? you think they saw drug culture coming? Do you think they saw what we see in our world today? It says America's future. And they're the symbol of freedom and what's, what's happened with freedom. I'm not talking to the bail worshipers out there. I'm talking to me and to you. What have we done with the freedom? Because we have 80 years to look back on it. What happened? I say to you that the sin of indecisiveness has caused people to fall into apathy and fall on the safe road of life, even in our world. I better not say anything there because they may think I'm this. They may think I believe the Bible or believe in one way. I better not say something about life. I better not say something about this or that. They may think I'm not politically correct or with it or in culture. Friend, when you're with God, you're always with it. You don't have to be with it just to be with the world because all that's going to perish one day, friend. The world changed and they couldn't see any of those things that happened. But if you just think you can glide on the momentum of what someone else is doing, you're wrong. Because the future now, flash forward to 2019. And let me ask you something. Who's going to write the next episode, America's Future? Who? I walked downstairs today and saw your children. I look at them, and I ask myself the same thing, America's future. What does it look like? What is it? And unless God's people decide, we're not going to be indecisive anymore. We're going to support the things of God in the workplace, in the schools. I'm not talking about militant, crazy stuff. I'm talking about at least having the courage and the unction to go out there and say, God, I'm going to be be a witness for you. See, if I'm not a light for you, then I'm indecisive. I voted between God and myself, I'll vote on my own comfort. Between life and myself, I'm I'm not going to be a lightning rod in my family get-togethers. I'm just going to not say anything. Can I tell you something? Some of you need to make a stand in your family and say, listen, if I'm not invited because of that, then so be it. If you ostracize me for that, then so be it. Pastor, what's wrong with you? I'm not telling you anything Jesus didn't say. He said, if you don't own me before Man, I'm not going to own you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me and my word before men, I'm going to deny you. Jesus said you have to love me more than your brother, your sister, your mother, even yourself. He said, I go beyond family relationships. I am truth. And if you're going in some other way and you want to hide behind indecisiveness, if you want to hide behind two opinions, then you can do it. But I will tell you, I will tell you, you have a problem. You have the sin of indecisiveness in your life. If you can't decide how to date, you have a sin of indecision in your life because the Bible tells us how we're to treat the opposite sex. 
It tells us. If you have a problem with your finances, say, I knew you'd finally get there. Right? You're right. And if your first time here, let me just say, I'm unashamedly talk about what God says. God owns everything. So I'm not just talking about a tithe. God owns everything. I have what you have. It all belongs to him. And if you want to hold on to it all, so be it. And if you think it's self-serving, it's not. I would just, I'm going to be, it's going to sound flippant, but I don't mean it. It's not going to make or break me personally. I don't mean that arrogantly. I've got more than I ever deserve, and I'm going to live. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the worship of God. And if you're not making a decision, a decisive decision, we will begin, at least to begin a process of learning how to tithe 10% of our gross pay to God, to a local church, if not here someplace, then go ahead and live in that. Because you live long enough, and you'll look back when heaven says, it's a good thing I didn't give that to, to the Lord's service. Because some of the things there weren't right. I didn't like what they did with that. You will never find a place, if you're waiting for a perfect place on earth, to give your tithe. Okay? You'll never find... Well, you will find it's called heaven, but then tithes aren't needed there. Now is the time, God says, I don't care if you're in high school or college, if you're working... Listen, I'm a student. I have an excuse. I'm a poor student. Well, I can't help what your academics are. But if you have any resources... You need to get it done and give part of that to God. Give him that portion, period. And as I said last hour, and I've said several times, and if he's not in your will, if this church or another church or Christian organization is not in your will, I would ask you why. Why is that not happened? Other than indecisiveness. Well, my kids may need it. Really? Let me say something to you. God wants you to honor all that he's given you and honor with that. Now bring up this next slide here. Moms, we step, not, let's step on everything, right? Then Elijah said to all the people, come near me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord. Do you know why? I asked myself the question, how did that altar need repair? This is Israel. How did that altar need repair? You know why? Because the sin of indecisiveness allowed to say, well, we'll let this in, we'll let that in. And the altar of God to worship of God went into ruins. And I submit to you, there's ruined altars in our schools, in our government, in neighborhoods and in families. They're ruined because of the sin of indecisiveness. Because someone didn't have the courage to stand up and say, no, we're not doing that. We're not going there. We're not going to be part of it. You have to stand up. The Lord's altar was in ruins. Elijah took 12 stones, reminding them of their heritage. You came and descended from Jacob, to, and you weren't a people. I made you a people. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, Your name shall be Israel, Prince of God. When the stones he, uh, with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and dug a trench around the large enough to hold two seas of seed. He repaired the altar of the Lord, which is in ruins. Do you have some altars in your life that are in ruins? Dad, is the altar in your home ruined? Have you given up on devotion, given up? Has, has your job beaten you down, the family beaten you down? Feel like the church is beating you down? I'm here to encourage you. I know it doesn't sound like it, Pastor. I am. You see, there's bad news and there's good news. For people that don't know Jesus, the bad news is your good works won't get you to heaven. You're going to hell. The good news is Jesus Christ died and paid your way into heaven. It's a gift. Receive it. You see, I can make it just that plain and that simple because it's true. And when you love people enough to not have to have their love back, even though you want it, and I want it, that shows you really love God and you truly love them. 
The fact is, we're idol worshipers of self because it's self that gives us some of that indecisiveness. Self-ish. I can't do that. I may be rejected. I can't give that. Then I can't get this. I can't give some time because then I can't go there. We spend more time running taxis around cities all over our country, taking kids all where they need to go. And listen, I support it. I love athletics. I did all that. But sometimes you have to say, no, mom, dad, we're not doing that. You get to choose between these, not all of them. Okay? Now, I meddle in your business and everything else. That's good. I'm just telling you. I see. It. I've, you know, I'm old enough now to have been around. I, I, I knew Elijah back then. All right. First Kings 18, 33 through 35. You see, the altar, it went into ruins. What a shame. So many churches have closed their doors. So many places have dried up. He arranged the wood, cut it into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water and pour them, and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. The water ran down the altar, even filled the trench. Now, look with me for a moment, because you may be thinking, you may even be out there, be a skeptic, just like I was. Wait a minute. There's a drought. There was so little water that Ahab sends out. Well, he's looking out to find some place just to get something for his animals, the horses and mules. There's a drought. Didn't the, didn't the brook dry up on that? You see how inconsistent the Bible is? Makes up these fake stories and there wasn't any water for that. Except for one thing. Except for one thing. Bring up a map. Oh, skeptic. Bring up a map. You'll see here's the Sea of Galilee. This is the Jordan River. Right? Where's Mount Carmel, Pastor? You see this this blue thing here? (laughs) This is the Mediterranean Sea. You see this dot right there? Where is it? Where is it? Can you see? It's right near the blue. Blue equals water. And so with that commanding view of the Mediterranean Sea, they could get water. Now, listen carefully. Salt water is not good for horses. It's not good for mules. And it's not good for people. I've tested it when I've been body surfing and been underwater and swallowed it. It is good for cleaning you out, I will say that. (laughs) Other than that, it's not good for any of that. However, this water here is real good for dousing a sacrifice and an altar. That's where it came from, and that's what it was. And next week, we're going to look and see what exactly happened with that thing when the God of fire couldn't do it, but I submit to you today. Bring up the idea of even a skeptic because God's got it all covered. He knew where they needed to be to get that and to make it happen. And he wanted to make it beyond any shadow of a doubt that I can make, I'm going to do something over here. I'm going to show you how worthless your God is. And I'm going to do something here because the sacrifice is not going to be here by a brook that's dried up over here. It's not going to be here, it's going to be here. And some crazy things are going to happen. 
But I say to you first, before we do anything else, we have to decide in God's house who we are and how long are we going to waver between a couple of opinions. America's future, 1939. They didn't know that World War II was coming. They didn't know two years after that magazine was printed, Pearl Harbor would be bombed. They didn't know if their children would be taught in school. God didn't create anything. They didn't know some of the issues we deal with in relationships and life. They didn't see the entertainment industry to the degree that it is today. They didn't hear some of the lyrics that are being promoted today. and All the other things that happened, they didn't know. And we say, what happened? How did those altars get ruined? They didn't know that today, 23% of America attend some kind of a church three times out of two months. And a whole lot never do. That's at one and a half times in a month. My friends, that's not loyalty. That's the tea bag, dipping it in and getting on out. They didn't know this thing would be here. They didn't know there's so many great things from it that I like. But mankind, true to people, can find a way to wreck something and make another thing a God. And today, it hits home with some of you because you know yourself. You may have walked out today and gone back because you forgot your phone. What would I do if... If what? What would you do? God's still on the throne. Many people are more dependent on this than they are God. Stop it, Pastor. No. Just tell them the truth. And I, with you, I'm... To, I, I, there's things about me that get really hooked on and can get addicted to things. I was addicted to things in my life. I'm just telling the truth today that maybe even next week is a practical step of life. I'd like some pastors to come forward right now. You may need to go on a phone fast tomorrow, today, two hours a day, just to have it off. It's off. It's, it's, it's like crack cocaine to some people. What will it be? What would you do? You know, I, I actually left on my, my rigor. It wasn't silent. It makes the noise. 3.20 in the morning. It's right. I get an email. And it wasn't from someone here, an emergency. Just an email. I'm thinking, really? There's people, some, just, it's an it's algorithm. What's sending these things out? Have we gotten that important? Really? I'm going to say to you today that some just need to confess this is not going to be God in my life anymore. It's not going to control me. It doesn't have to be that. It can be a relationship. It can be your control of your own mindset. I'm doing it my way. I'm going to do like the songs that I did it my way. Regrets, I have a few. Dear friend, if you die and your sins aren't paid for by Christ, you're going to have more than a few regrets. You will have missed the best place forever called heaven. Today you can trust Christ as your Lord and your Savior. The one that loved you and died for you. You've heard it. Don't wait. I'll not assume because you're in here that you're a believer in Jesus. You may just be a churchgoer. Going to church won't save you. But Jesus will. Religion won't save you. Jesus will. Your own subjective idea will not save you because you're depending on some way for people to earn heaven. Heaven's unearnable, except God made it earnable by what he did. 
If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come today as a candidate for membership. I promise if you come today, we already know where, some of the, where you stand because I don't have any doubt that some people either already turn this off or will go out the door and never come back. I hate that because I will tell you, truth does hurt. And if you think it hurts you from someone just preaching, telling you, I, I get me. Without Jesus, I am such a I'm, I'm way less of a mess because of Jesus. So I get it. I'm just telling the truth. And if it doesn't bust me on it, then it's no good anyway. It busts me on it also. I want to be a servant of Christ, and you need to be too. And you need to be part of a church. And we'd love for you to be with us because America's future, 1939, America's future is going to depend on what God's people do with God's word in God's ways and put down the idols and not let the altars of life ruin us so we have to look at that and see America's future. It's awful. And right now, we need some miracle to happen to get us because we're over the cliff. But God is in miracle business and we're going to see next week what God can do. If we, if I, if you decide, I'd like to make a difference, God. Would you show me? And there's a real practical way just in one one way today, just being out there in line to stand for life. To stand for life. And on Saturday, to stand for life. Well, I'm not sure about it yet. Okay? Waver. God doesn't want you to waver. He wants you to be decisive. So wherever you are today, looking for a church home, if you haven't made a profession of faith in Christ and forgiveness of sins, or you just need to come up and pray. Students, adults, own it. Get out of that sin of indecision and come forward and deal with it today. I'm asking you to stand. Terry's here to lead us. Don't wait.